0: I'm not going to the DVE Christmas party tonight because last year I got really drunk and messed with Dan Quinlan, our promotions director. I was face washing him like all freaking night long. I called the program director of DVE an elf surrounded by a bunch of Santa Clauses. Santa-Cly's? Santa Claus? Santa Claus. Santa right. Claus. So the last words that I uttered prior to the break were, I'm probably getting drunk during the great Pittsburgh sports debate. I don't want them to see me drunk more than once a year as I held up a beer (laughs) that I just cracked open in the studio. There's a Christmas party today prior to the DVE morning show Christmas party. And I didn't go because I was preparing for this award-winning or future award-winning radio show. And they serve beer. You get two drink tickets. Mm -hmm. I didn't go. I didn't get my drink tickets, so I'm having a beer right now. And you can kiss my ass, I heart. Adam, if I could act. Yeah. You actually saved the company money. I'm a good human. Yeah, you're a good employee. That's that's the kind of stuff you get from Employee of the Month. He doesn't want to waste your beer. He wants to maximize profit. That's what you've done today. It's all about... Uh? It's all about them. It's all about them. I'm a selfless guy. propping up the man. I'm selfless. I care about the organization. You know who's selfish and doesn't care about his former organization? Who is this? Terry friggin' Bradshaw. He was on with Tierney and Tiki, I want to say. Takai. Tierney. Here he is, Terry Bradshaw. Do you still view him as just a cheerleader or no? On my title. I
1: give him no thought. Wow. I give him no thought, I see him all the time. i have no i don't i do not see him on the sideline and think cheerleader. I see him as the head coach, and I give him no thought. He does not cross my mind. I have absolutely no opinion of him um I kinda it hey, listen, Tiki, you know this, all yeah. of you do. It's kind of like I probably shouldn't have said cheerleader, uh, but I did, so I stand by it yeah well, but it's it's actually i give it. It, Absolutely no yeah, if, if he doesn't like me, I could care less, Terry. If you doesn't saw seem him, like you like Terry. Terry, <laughs> Terry, if you saw him, would you apologize? What If it, he called me, would I apologize? Yeah, no, I'm it, not going to apologize. He tries, no, it, you, now, you,
0: but you've seen him since. You've you've seen him a lot, right?
1: Yeah, I see him on the sideline. Wow. I'm not going to apologize. No, I not call not him mature
0: leader. Nope. The way that he spoke there, he tries to make it seem like Mike Tomlin needs this validation. The way he speaks there is like Mike Tomlin's constantly thinking about him. Yo, Mike Tomlin would say this himself. I am singularly focused on the task at hand. Because that's what he is. He didn't give a rip about Terry friggin' Bradshaw. It got brought up in the Tuesday press conference last year when Bradshaw called him a cheerleader. And I thought Tomlin really got back at him nice. But Tomlin didn't think about that. Maybe in passing, and Bradshaw, give me a break. I'm the bigger man. I don't think about him at all. You're a jealous little baby. You sound like a 13-year-old girl who didn't get invited to a birthday party. They don't love me anymore. I'm not the darling of Pittsburgh anymore. I'm not on everybody's wall anymore as a poster. You're a baby. He's funny. I'm going to watch his new movie. It's going to be freaking hilarious. Good cast, Owen Wilson, Ed Helms. Wow. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh a lot. But I laugh at Bradshaw a lot anyhow when he's not scripted. First of all, has anybody ever been on TV and not been able to utilize the English language like Terry Bradshaw? I tried so hard with that line there. I knew I was going to be insulting somebody else who's in the public eye. And whenever you talk about somebody else's inability to speak, you better clearly speak yourself. I did not do a good job there. I tied myself up into a pretzel. Damn. Okay. But Bradshaw... He just needs to stay out of what the Steelers are doing. I realize it's his job to comment on football teams. I realize it's his job to be an analyst, but he tries to be a meddler more than anything. Bradshaw is a douche. He's a prick. He didn't attend Chuck Knoll's funeral. He didn't attend Dan Rooney's funeral. I mean, what kind of guy is he? He didn't come back for the Hall of Honor announcement. You go to a Steelers game, and this is the root of the jealousy. What do you see in the stands? A lot of Ben jerseys, a lot of A.B., a lot of Lev Bell, some Fanicas, some Troy Polamalu's, James Harrison. You go back to the old days, and you see some Franco, you see some Joe Green, you see some Jack Lambert, some Jack Ham. Hell, you even see some Greg Lloyd jerseys. You know what you don't see? Terry Bradshaw jerseys. That can't be an accident. He won four championships as a quarterback. I bet you if you go out to San Francisco, they're all wearing Montana jerseys. I bet you if you go to Indianapolis, they're wearing Peyton jerseys. I know they're all wearing TB12 in New England. The great quarterbacks of all time, John Elway jerseys, are all over Denver. You don't see Terry Bradshaw, this TB12, you don't see those jerseys in Pittsburgh. You don't. Why? Because he's a douchebag. Because this town has actually put the franchise over the guy who helped win four championships. And Bradshaw had a hell of a career. Bradshaw won the four championships. He won two Super Bowl MVPs. The guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Really freaking good player. Two of those championships, he carried them, too. And in any other town, you'd see those jerseys. The quarterback who won four championships, he'd have jerseys everywhere. People would be all about Terry Bradshaw. Here, no. Why? He's a mook. He's a douche. He's an ass. And his analysis don't cut the mustard, so he has to rile people up. Isn't that just it? Well, I do think there's actually something to it. He's petulant. He's jealous of Roethlisberger. Because people in this town put Ben Roethlisberger above Terry Bradshaw. There's that stupid sports radio thing that everyone does, the Mount Rushmore. I think a lot of people in this town would put Ben above Bradshaw on that Mount Rushmore. I think people look at Ben as a catalyst for championship-winning teams, and they kind of forget what Bradshaw did when he was the Super Bowl MVP for a couple of years. Now maybe that's recency bias. I tend to believe it's because he's a douche. Ready for the take? Three, two, one, take off. He's not as good as Roethlisberger. One, two, three. He doesn't want to see Ben come close to number four. He doesn't want to be su- surpassed. Bradshaw was a great player. He won two MVPs, but he ain't Ben. He's a baby back bitch. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Am I allowed to talk about Bradshaw? Am I too young? Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Braden tweets: They should have the great Pittsburgh sports debate more than once a year. Love it. Keep drinking. Hashtag it's five o'clock somewhere. Hashtag it's five o'clock now. Do it. It's five o nine and fifty one seconds. Zach tweets. This game will be decided by how the Steelers handle the little things, i.e., Brady sneak on third and one, fielding of kicks and punts, showing Pat something atypical, allowing Steelers to get off the field on two to three key third downs, all that, and score 27. Bro, 27's not going to be enough. Fact. Absorb that now. If the Patriots are held to 27, my God. That would be a huge surprise. But all the other things you said, those are true. But that's true every week. That gets played up a little bit against the Patriots. I watch them on Monday night. I've watched them all season long. They make mistakes just like any other football team. This this whole thing with the Patriots is so funny and so murky here in Pittsburgh where they become greater than what they actually are. They're 10-3. and They're really good. They've won five championships. Guys, they are a football team, though. You can beat them. Do all the little things right. You should be doing all the little things right every week, and you've got a shot. Here's where they're going to try to get you, though. They will try to get you in the margins. They're going to kick the football to the two-yard line on the kickoffs. They're going to make Martavis Bryant have to field it. And then they're going to trap you inside the 25. They're going to win that field position battle. They do little things like that all the time. They're going to find the matchup that is most advantageous for them on the offensive side. And they're probably going to take away one of the guys, either Bell or Brown, On the defensive side. It's who they are. It's what they do. But you've got more than enough talent to make up for it on offense. And defensively, whatever. See what happens. Change it up a little bit. Show them something they haven't seen you do on tape before. Because the personnel right now ain't great. Up front, better than it was last year. But overall, personnel ain't great. If you allow Brady to get into those third and ones, though... You're not going to stop him on the sneak. Not happening. The Steelers need to win the little things, but the Steelers need to win in a lot of facets to win this game, just like you have to every single week in the National Football League. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. What's your take on Terry Bradshaw? Why don't you wear his jersey? Why don't you... Bow down to him the way that you bow down to some of the other Steelers greats of all time. Now, he doesn't compare to mean Joe Green, who's one of the best NFL players of all time. But this dude's one of the best quarterbacks ever in terms of the number of championships he's won. In fact, the only guy who surpassed him is Brady. Guy was undefeated in championships. Why don't you respect him? Or am I reading it wrong? Because I don't think I am. I don't see the jersey... I don't hear him talked about very often. You hear the way that Penguins fans talk about Lemieux? You hear the way Pirates fans talk about Clemente? The adoration? They prop him up like they're gods. You don't get that at all with Terry Bradshaw. And in any other town you would. I think it's a classic case of people saying, we love this Team, and we don't like that Bradshaw's kind of anti Steeler now. You hear more good things about Bill Cowher than you do about Terry Bradshaw. Bill Cowher's on TV. But Bill Cowher's decidedly pro Steelers. Your thoughts? 412 922 Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Bob Labriola is, I think, the preeminent Steelers historian. He will talk to us a little bit about Bradshaw coming up next, and he'll tell us why there's so much vitriol from Steelers fans directed towards the Patriots. You're listening to The Crowley Show. Take us with you wherever you go. ESPN Pittsburgh is on the iHeartRadio app. Anywhere, anytime, and always free. ESPN Pittsburgh, an iHeartRadio station. Yesterday, we were graced by Mike Pursuta from the DVE Morning Show and the Steelers Radio Network. We're busting out the big guns the second day in a row. You know it's Patriots Week. Joining me now to discuss from Steelers.com and the Steelers Radio Network and Steelers Digest, he is Bob Labriola. Labs, big football game coming up on Sunday, huh? Really? That's what I heard. Although, I know Robert Morris Hockey plays at the same time, so I'm going to have one eye on that screen.
2: Well, I mean, you know, you could never uh, be bigger than hockey, especially hockey in, you know, December, you know, for a season that probably will go on another six months. But you know, we we do what we can.
0: I haven't been this excited for a game in a long time.
2: It's thirteen to nine. Ah, uh... <laughs> sorry, I haven't I haven't done this with you in such a long time. I mean, I got a lot of these um, shots all built up that. You know, I'll just try, I'll try and work them in gradually instead of all
0: at once. I'll ignore them, but the more you get them in, maybe the funnier the segment will be. <laughs> When's the last time that you sensed this anticip- anticipation for what is a regular season game here in Pittsburgh? I feel like the atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. I've been talking about the Patriots here on this show for, well, since the second Sammy Coates dropped that ball in the AFC Championship game.
2: Yeah, I mean, that. that's the thing. You know, there, there, there is Um, regularly uh, a good bit of anticipation, you know, for the Ravens, um, you know, maybe some Bengals games, uh, but not nearly to this degree, um, you know, because Ravens and Bengals, those things, they happen every year, and so even though, you know, they can be really, really important, um, if something happens every year, I, I think that um, you know, it, it will pale in comparison to something, you know, that happens like this periodically. And because as you mentioned, and I mean I get I was I've been getting emails about the Patriots and you know, playing man coverage and what are they gonna do to Stoff Gronkowski since fifteen minutes after uh, that AFC championship game last January ended too. So yeah, this is um this is, this is going to be a big game. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement. Heinz Field should be rocking, and uh, I happen to agree with Mike Tomlin. Uh, this is just round one.
0: Isn't all the let's play man coverage stuff secondary to what the Steelers need to really do to win this game? You're not going to stop, Brady. Sling that rock, baby. Score some points.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I really believe that, in my mind, a lot of the um, recent losses to New England have been because You know, the offense didn't hold up its end. I mean, you know, the Patriots, you know, one of their, um, you know, standard kind of plans is all they're looking for from their defense a lot of times is, you know, a brief lull, you know, maybe a quarter's worth where uh, you get the ball a couple of times and punt and they get the ball a couple of times and stick it in the end zone. And then even if you play even from there the rest of the game, uh, you know, you lose by a couple of scores. And, you know, what has not happened uh, in these recent Steelers-Patriots games is I would like to see New England, Brady, Gronkowski, all of those people, have to play, you know, from behind or tied deep into the game and see how they react, you know, to, to the sense that, wow, every time they get the ball they're scoring, we, we're going to have to match them. You know, it, it's, it creates a, a discomfort, I think, a little bit. A little bit. I'm not, you know, saying that Brady's going to fold up to 10 if they fall behind 10 nothing, because that's not what I mean. Um, but, you know, if if you can instill in them the sense that, you know, for every punch they throw they're going to have to take one, that becomes a different kind of game than, you know, 14 Uh, You know, or early turnovers put you in a bad spot. And so... Um, that's why I'm really kind of looking forward to this game. I think Ben is playing extremely well right now. Le'Veon and AB are both healthy, so New England is going to have to deal with both of them, uh, as opposed to just one, or both of them for only five plays into the first quarter, like last January. And, um, you know, the Steelers scored 39 points on a much better defense than they're going to see on Sunday. So, um, you know, let's go, buckle it up, and uh, uh, as Mike Tomlin said, you know, don't shrink from the the atmosphere, the, the challenge, um, and I think that this team, what it has shown in some of these games that it has won down the stretch at the end, um, you know, against uh, bad teams as I constantly hear, uh, I think that they have developed an ability to Uh, believe that they're not out of it. And I think that's what you're going to need on Sunday. Uh, Because, as I said, this is going to be one of those where uh, you're going to have to take a punch as well as throw it. So, as I said, it, it should be fun.
0: The Steelers have taken a lot of punches from New England over the years, and they haven't been able to punch back enough. And that is unique when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers because this is a team in an organization that is second to none They've had great rivalries over the years. You're more equipped to talk about that than I am, Bob. But I sense that this team is the most hated team in Pittsburgh, even though there's such a rivalry with Baltimore. Uh, even if you look at the hockey side of things, they hate the Flyers. There's no no team, I think, that is hated the way that New England is hated here in Pittsburgh. And it's because it's such a rare occurrence uh, for this Steelers team to get beat up by somebody else this frequently.
2: Well, and, and seriously, and I mean, and I'm not. I'm just trying to answer your question or, or put it into a little bit of perspective. By no means am I, you know, using this, you know, to bring up old, uh, old issues. But I mean, there was a very there is a there was among the fandom, you know, a very clear belief uh, that oh one and oh four they cheated. Sure, and um, you know, so there's that too. Um, So, again, you know, we're going to see how it works. I mean, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, before he hooked up with Tom Brady, um, you know, he was just the guy who got fired by the Cleveland Browns. Um, You know, when he had Vinny Testaverde as his quarterback, uh, the Steelers slapped him around quite regularly. So um, I'm interested to, you know, see how this one works out. Uh, I like the way that Mike Tomlin has been approaching this in terms of, You know, not hiding from it, uh, bringing it out into the open, um, and kind of challenging, I believe, his team, you know, to show up and and account for themselves. Um, You know, I don't believe that um, anybody beats anybody forever. And um, so we're going to see if this, maybe this is the year that, uh, you know, their streak ends. Um, You know, we're going to have to see, but... Uh, The Steelers are going to have to certainly play better defense than they did last
0: Sunday night. They're definitely going to have to play better defense. How will they play better defense? Without Ryan Shazier, that stinks. Cody Sensabaugh is banged up. Who knows if he'll play? And then, of course, Joe Hayden tried things out today. I'm sure he'll practice tomorrow. He had pain today, according to him. And he's going to see how he feels during a more rigorous practice. But what do you do differently? Tackle better. It doesn't that's have to
2: true. be anything different. I mean, I really think that that's one of the very overblown aspects of this game. You know, um, what kind of trick plays or what kind of schemes or adjustments or you know, it's not chess. It's really not. It's not Madden. You know, you can't manipulate those kinds of things. Uh, you know, you're not. It's not a puppet show either. And you know, the coaching staff, to a large degree, all it can do is prepare. their teams during the week, and then you kind of have to turn it loose and trust your athletes, you know, to do what they've been doing, um, you know, to get to this level in the NFL, um, to be the kind of players that they've become in the NFL. Your stars have to play like stars. And, you know, really that's – I think a lot of that other stuff is truly overblown, outcoached. You know, outcoached. Sammy Coates doesn't drop that first deep pass last January. You know, I don't see how that was a coaching issue. Um, And so uh, that's that's my thing is, uh, you know, the the Steelers' individual players have to give a good accounting of themselves. Uh, You know, catch the ball if that's your job. Make the tackle if that's your job. Um, You know, win some one-on-one matchups. You know, your defensive linemen have to, uh, be able to get in Brady's face, up the middle, Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt, Javon Hargrave, you know, um, Alu Alu, when he's in there, you've got to uh, be able to, to stop their running attack because, you know, if you can't deal with James White and Burkhead and Dion Lewis, you know, Brady's going to carve you up, and it has nothing to do with coaching. Um, so, you know, guys have to do what – um, they've practiced and have been, you know, trained to do, uh, at least for a calendar year here. Um, some of them even longer. And, you know, it starts there. You know, just make, um, the, uh, ordinary plays all of the time. And then, you know, hopefully your stars can do a few things for you. And then you see how it is at the end. Because, you know, again, these, these Steelers-Patriots games, I can't remember one coming down to the wire, certainly not one that was as meaningful as this, where this much is at stake, I mean, and obviously at stake. You know, there have been games, Steelers-Patriots games, where you play them in you know, October or whatever, and then when you're looking back on it at the end of December, wow, that game was important because of whatever. But this one is one of those, what I call a short-term focus game. Uh, you beat them, you get an immediate uh, reward number one seed in the AFC, you know, home field advantage or whatever. Um, and so uh, I would like to see a close game uh, and, and see how the Patriots respond um, to to some situations that, you know, maybe they're not uh, used to being in.
0: You think it's psychologically important for Pittsburgh, too, to beat them, even more so than just the seeding? I think the seeding stuff is more important, but – Psychologically, to beat those bastards, you think that means something?
2: Well, there isn't anybody who,
0: you know, uh, who,
2: was, who was here in 04? Ben? That's it. You know, maybe Harrison? Um,
0: Not so, Greg Warren anymore, unfortunately. Right.
2: So, I mean, you know, the, the 2001, the 2004, you know, those games, uh, you know, some of these guys were in grade school then. So, um, you know, Juju, what was he, 12? You know, so um, I don't know that a lot of them understand the psychology of it. You know, they remember last year's AFC championship game, um, you know, but before that, um, I, I don't even remember, you know, any really significant regular season games, let alone playoff games. So um, the psychological thing, I think, is is more uh, to those of us you know, on the outside, fans, media, people who have been around a long time. But, you know, none of these players really understand that. Pouncey, you know, I mean, again, his, his frame of reference is, you know, the Patriots kept us out of the Super Bowl last year. Uh, but in terms of they really have our number, um, you know, I don't think that a lot of those guys have that sense because that's not part of their personal experience.
0: Bob Labriola, Steelers.com, Steelers Digest, Steelers Radio Network, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Last thing here for you, Bob, and you're far better equipped to talk about this than I am, but we were talking about it in the last segment. What's Terry Bradshaw's problem?
2: Well, uh, I, I, I did a chat today, um, and someone asked that, and this was my answer to them. Terry Bradshaw didn't come to Art Rooney Sr.'s funeral. He didn't come to Chuck Mill's funeral. He didn't come to Dan Rooney's funeral. Uh, Terry Bradshaw's problem, whatever it is, is of his own making and his own head. And so um, I remember, uh, I won't say who it was because I don't want to out him, one of his former teammates, I was doing an interview for him on um, the eve of him going into the Hall of Fame. So that narrows it down a little bit. Um, Just a little bit, though. (laughs) Well, but I mean, right. So, But th- th- this is a guy who obviously played with Bradshaw in the 70s and is good enough to be enshrined in Canton. So, you know, there you have it. Uh, but you referred to him constantly throughout the interview as Sybil. You know, Sybil is the character in that Sylvia Plath novel who had, you know, 23 personalities. Um, and so I'll just leave it at that.
0: Appreciate the time, man, as always. And huge one coming up on Sunday. You knew it was a big one because I had labs on, and you knew it's a big one because I had pursuit on yesterday i'm I'm dusting off the old big guns man well i
2: I'm glad to see that you're you know elevating the uh level of expertise as you get deeper into the week
0: because <laughs> you're always right and he's always wrong
2: that's that's what that's that's the motto of the show
0: appreciate it buddy okay take care there he goes bob labriola steelers digest Steelers.com. dot and the Steelers radio network. Pretty telling. Hall of Fame player who played with Bradshaw. There's a lot of animosity from the Steelers organization towards him because he didn't attend those funerals. I mean, you're a bad guy if you go that way. Up next, we know Lab's answer, but what makes the Pats tick? Brady or Belichick, Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. It's the Crowley Show. I seriously can't wait for Sunday. That sounded kind of lame the way I said it just there. I literally can't wait for this Sunday. 425 cannot wait. I can't. I haven't been this hyped for a Steelers game in a long time. Probably since last year's AFC Championship game. And in my mind, I knew where that one was going to go. Really? Ah! Kobe Hamilton? Sammy Coates? You ain't beating those guys with ah! those jackasses. But I think they got a shot this time. The defense is awful. But the offense is playing at an incredibly high level. The Patriots' defense stinks. The Ravens' defense, really good. Steelers put 39 on the Ravens' defense. Patriots' defense ain't close to that. So it makes you wonder what they can do to that unit. Put up 50. If you put up 40, you got a good chance to win. If you put up less than that, I'm saying he got 50-50. That's how much I think that the Patriots can put up on that Stiller's defense. Let's go to Eric in Pittsburgh next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, Eric?
1: Hey, what's going on? I wanted to just touch on two main points, uh, if you can. I will
0: allow you to touch on one.
1: Okay. I'm just kidding,
0: man. I'm just kidding. You can do two.
1: But um, no, I know you talked about numerous times on your show about certain things not necessarily being a coaching issue. Well, when you look at the defensive backs and guys being wide open, and I mean guys just open by themselves. Like that's the coaching thing. Like wide open in the NFL, the guy maybe has a step on you. I mean, I have a I have a very high football IQ, so I know. Like I played in that defense in college. Sure. And there shouldn't be nobody wide open just by themselves. I mean, they're not even on the. Well, field. let me ask you this, Eric. You know but. But Eric, let me ask to... you this. You yeah, think Mike yeah,
0: Tomlin's right. coaching them to allow these guys to get wide open? You think well, he's you think he's telling them, Ah, eh, let that guy run by."
1: No, but every zone has an eye progression, man. It's about eye discipline. Sure. That defensive back, they have very poor eyes. They the do, and you know Roberts what?
0: It's something Ross Cockrell talked about in training camp. He said one of the All things right. that the coaching staff wants us to work on is our eye discipline. Then they moved him out, but it's definitely something they're working on. Artie Burns is atrocious at that. Right. He doesn't think the game well enough.
1: Better. Yeah, he's a lot better in man. He's not a zone corner yet. He doesn't get it yet. And I'm sorry you have to put that on the coach. And even if I'm a coach, you got to look at yourself and say, why are these guys wide open? You know, it's just job to put these guys in position to make plays, and they're not in position to make plays. They have very poor eyes.
0: What's your point uh, number two, Eric?
1: Okay, my point number two is I think James Harrison has to play a lot. Uh, maybe not in the base package and a regular 3-4 uh, because, if you know, New England, if they come out and they're 21 personnel, but they come out and empty, that's putting James Harrison in a bad position, which they did last year, which we don't want. Um, but I feel like if you go nickel and dime, I feel like he has to – BN coming off the edge. That's going to help to
0: it. You know what I don't they mind, work, Eric? And thank you for the call. 412 922 2874. What I don't mind is because your linebacker depth is non existent. When it's third down and you take your linebackers off the field, because they did a lot of that in this last game, they were playing dime. There were no middle linebackers out there. You had William Gay. You're small. Get bigger by putting James Harrison in there as kind of a pseudo-defensive end. You keep in Stefan Tewitt, Cam Hayward, and Javon Hargret. So you've got four big dudes up front. James Harrison, not huge, but he's bigger, more physically stout than T.J. Watt. You allow your back-end guys to cover, and you hope that those four big, honking, huge guys can hold the point of attack. That's something I definitely would do in this game. James Harrison's going to get a helmet. He didn't in the last game, but there's got to be a lot of innovation. Now, I know that Bob Labriola said in the last segment, it's not so much about the scheming as much as it is about just taking care of business. I think yes and no. The Steelers last year did what they needed to do from a scheme standpoint. They never played man. They didn't have the personnel to play man. They were going to give up a bunch of points if they did play man. They've been playing zone well. For the last eight games. You do with what got you there. You do with the players you have, which you think they can do best. This year, I think it's a little bit different. Artie Burns is a year older. You let him play some man. If Joe Hayden's in here, you let him play man. You let Mike Hilton play man. You disrupt these guys at the line of scrimmage. And even if you force one punt that you wouldn't have forced otherwise, you bought yourself a possession, something we haven't seen the Steelers do Since, what, 2011 against the New England Patriots? I think it's important to try some new things. But it's also important to execute, which is what Bob said. The Dolphins, you can talk about them playing man as much as you want. You can bend over like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and talk out your ass about how much man the Dolphins played. But they tackled the catch extremely well. You didn't see those little scat-back wide receivers break tackles the way you do against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Dolphins tackled really, really well. That's not coaching. It's not. Hey, Artie, tackle this guy. Oh, I'm scared. That's not coaching. Hey, Cody Sensabaugh, tackle this guy. Well, Adam, I'm the size of you. That's not coaching. That's who you got. If the Steelers lose this game, Mike Tomlin's going to get ripped. And maybe he'll have deserved it. But probably not, because a lot of people do lose to the Patriots. Dale Lawley just texted me. He said, Harrison played against the Ravens. Yeah, I know that. I didn't say give him a helmet for the first time in a long time. I said, he'll get a helmet this week. He got one last week. He'll get one this week. I like Big James. But here's the other thing to keep in mind against the New England Patriots. You're going to need your oil bees to cover at some points. And Harrison can't do that. He can't. Not good at it. T.J. Watt, however, he is good at that. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. What makes the Pats tick in your mind? Because this boils down the whole coaching conundrum pretty quickly, I think. Are the Patriots the Patriots because of Brady? Or are the Patriots the Patriots because of Belichick? Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. 2874 For me, it ain't close. For me, it's that dude wearing 12 who's banging Giselle. It's Tom Brady. Hands down. He's a giant pink pearl eraser. The defense for New England has a lot of holes. They don't rush the passer well. They don't stop the pass. They're 29th in the league. They don't stop the run. They're 24th in the league. They really don't stop you at all until the red zone. They're 29th overall in yards allowed. So how have they been able to overcome their shortcomings? Hello, the quarterback. Bill Belichick's a defensive-minded coach, and that defense is getting shredded for yardage right now. Now, points are the most important thing, but usually, when you give up a lot of yards, you give up a lot of points. There's a correlation there. And eventually, the dam's going to break. I think we saw the beginning of that last week against Miami. I certainly think it's going to happen this week. So how do you win whenever you consistently get blown up that much? How do you win when you consistently bleed yards? You got a damn good quarterback. He makes up for a lot of ills. He gets out to early leads. That helps the defense. If the defense does have a good possession, forces a turnover or a three and out, he's going to capitalize. You also don't have to play with as much of a sense of urgency and with the desperation because you know that maybe your quarterback can help you out. He's got a passer rating of a buck oh nine. This despite not being great for the last two weeks. A quarterback in a great one is like a giant eraser. You ever play with those when you were a kid? Those giant erasers? I don't have anything okay. to add to that. Bad example. Yeah, bad example. Look at what the Packers are without Rodgers. How about the Texans without Watson? Where would the Seahawks be without Russell Wilson? All those teams have flaws, and two of those teams have been exposed. The Seahawks have a terrible line and a banged-up secondary, and yet they're still alive due to a quarterback having an MVP-caliber season. I take the quarterback every single day. Look at what Andy Reid's done in his career. He's a great coach. You hear all the time, coaches love Andy Reid. They think he schemes well. They think he's a bright guy. He rarely loses coming off the bye. He's a bright, bright dude and a damn good coach. But He's never won a championship. Why? He's never had a great quarterback. Donovan McNabb is good at sexually harassing women, not so much in the great moments. Okay, bad example. Mike Zimmer is a really good coach. He's gotten a lot out of the Vikings. Are they going to win a championship? Hell no! That Case Keenum started quarterback. He's played well. He ain't winning a championship. That's a talented roster. They're not going to win it all. They don't have a great quarterback. There are exceptions to the rules, certainly. But I'm taking the quarterback over the coach every single freaking time. I put up a poll three weeks ago on Twitter.com, at underscore Adam Crowley, and I said, would you rather have Belichick and Roethlisberger or Brady and Tom? And most people said that they would rather have Belichick and Ben. Now, you get the great quarterback there, but I think the – conversation kind of gets warped by Steelers fans because they want to pee all over Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's had a good quarterback for his career. It's one of the reasons why he's been as successful as he has been, but he's still a good coach. Bill Belichick's still a good coach. But would Bill Belichick be where he is without Tom Brady? Bob nope. brought it up before. Hell no. Hell to the no. That son bitch got fired in Cleveland. Vinny Testaverde was his quarterback. He wasn't the super genius then, was he? No. Bill Cowher was always known as that coach who couldn't win the big one, remember? Before there were calls to fire Tom and there were calls to fire Carr. I remember being there when the Falcons and the Steelers tied a game Because Plexico Burris caught a ball from Tommy Maddox on the goal line. And instead of falling forward and into the end zone, he fell sideways as time expired. What a doofus. A duck. And the crowd started screaming, fire car, fire car, fire car. Car was always known as a coach who couldn't win the big one. He finally did. When? When he got a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's not a tough nut to crack for me. It's not difficult for me to decide. As much as Belichick is praised for the Patriots, they're not even in the same galaxy without Brady. So what say you? Would you rather have Belichick or would you rather have Brady? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Up next, balance is a funny word when it comes to football. In the eyes of a lot of old school peeps, they'd say that the Steelers weren't balanced at all last week, and I'd tell all y'all, you're wrong. It's the Crowley Show.